Welcome to Weekly Homilies. Each week we present a homily by Father Mark Suslanko, pastor of the community of St. Isidore and Maria in beautiful Glastonbury, Connecticut. These are introduced by myself, Jonathan Sozek, director of our community's Faith Formation Office. For more about Father Mark and the life of our community, please head over to isidoreandmaria.org. Today, we present Season 1, Episode 4 of this podcast. We will hear Father Mark's homily from January 14th, 2018, the second Sunday of Ordinary Time in Year B. The Gospel reading for today is John, Chapter 1, verses 35 to 42. Let us listen now to that reading, then hear Father Mark's response. A reading from the Gospel according to St. John. John was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they went and saw where Jesus was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother, Simon, and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. There's a film that I would really encourage you to see. It's entitled The Letters. The Letters. It is basically a documentary of the life of St. Teresa of Calcutta, also known as Mother Teresa. It is told from the vantage point of letters that were discovered after her death, letters that she had penned along her journey to her spiritual director. The movie is profound. But what it does is it begins to show us how God works in the life of an individual. You know, we often judge folks based on the end product of what we see. We know Mother Teresa based on all of the good works we have heard over the years that she did on the streets of Calcutta. She was even awarded the Nobel Peace Prize at one point. A very notable figure, but also a very humble woman who had a journey, a journey that brought her to where she ended, but not a journey that was automatically there. See, sometimes we think when folks are made saints that they just somehow know this, you know, that somewhere in their cognitive sense they just, well, I know I'm a saint, and so therefore I have to do 
what God is calling me to do. And we forget that there's a process that goes on in people, a process of coming to understand who God is, a process of coming to understand who they are, and decisions that are made along the way of that journey. Mother Teresa, then Sister Teresa, was a very happy, content Loretto nun. She lived 16 years in the cloister of her convent. She was a very proficient educator. She had the respect of all of her students. And even the administrator of the convent, her provincial, recognized her ability to relate to her students. And so there was no desire within Sister Teresa to leave this place that defined her. She understood herself within within the walls of that convent, within the order of Loretto and the rules of cloistered life. And as such, she knew that her life as she had taken her vows was meant to be lived within those walls, doing what she found herself doing. It all changed one day, very simply and very realistically, as she was looking out the window of her classroom. And there on the streets were many, many people who were struggling to find food. You see, India at that point was going through a struggle. And as is often the case, many people were left to fend for themselves. And so this abject poverty was visible outside her window. But yet, in her own refectory, in the kitchen of the convent, there was a plentitude of food. And so she felt called. And she packed up some food one day and brought it out to the folks on the street. Well, if you know anything about religious life, you don't break the order of rule. And a cloistered nun is precisely that, a cloistered nun. You concern yourself with what is within the walls and not without. But yet she felt propelled. And along the way, received the criticism of her superiors, as you can well imagine. But yet, inside, she was led. Many times in our life, we define ourselves by the safety of where we are at that particular moment. It could be our homes. It could be how our family life is structured. It could be the job with which we associate, or even our church. We associate ourselves with the place. And we allow that place to sometimes define us. So much so that we're somewhat apprehensive or fearful to step out or to try something new. But you know, life changes, doesn't it? Our families change, our work changes, our society changes, and even the church is asking us to change. But yet if our security is drawn only from the building, 
or from a set of ideals, and there's nothing deeper, whether it be in our marriage or in our job or in our society or in our church, how do we then adapt and deal with that change? You see, at one point, Sister Teresa had to make a choice. She had the security and the happiness and the peace of a life that she knew for many years. It's not like it was disappointing her and she had to look for something else, quite the opposite. But yet when she looked on the other side, she saw something that was propelling her. I am confident that she did not know how the road of her life would be played out once she made that choice to serve the poor. And oversimplifying the story a bit, she did eventually have to make a choice. She could not stay as a Loretto nun. And the only way that she could embrace her journey and follow God's will was to establish the mission of charity, which still exists today. That's not an easy task. But it is this inner spiritual life that really is the source of our strength. And we all have choices to make. And she could have chose to keep those windows closed, as many of us do in our lives. Let's not open up the challenging. Let's not open up the different. But she did. And it was her inner self, her inner spirituality, the relationship with God that she knew was propelling her, that had, gave her the ability to choose that change. Change that led to growth, to incredible deeds, and to a legacy that has impressed almost the entire world. Had she kept those windows closed, she could have easily become bitter, resentful over her inability to act, fearful, and even experiencing some regret. You see, we never know what we can do until we start doing it. Step by step, little by little, all this little woman, and she was just a tiny little woman, all this little woman did was love. In small increments, she loved. But she did so without any attention to self. Even struggling at one point with where she was going to live. That mattered less. Doing God's will mattered more. And by doing that very simple work, she was a living witness to her faith. And the ripple effects that it had spilled over and over and over and is still spilling over even in her death.
Life is complicated and life is challenging. But as you and I who are Christians, what is most important is to feed what is in here, to feed our spiritual selves. This stuff matters less. What is most important is here and what happens at this table every time we gather in this sacred space. We are given the opportunity to receive the body and blood of Christ every time we celebrate the Eucharist. It's the only way we can build up that inner strength so that we too, as we go about the business of our lives, can commit ourselves to doing God's will and being a living witness of the faith we embrace and profess. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.